the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is the Bob France Authority, and it begins at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 27th morning of the month of December in the year of our Lord, 2018. Thank you so much for joining us. If you were already uh, listening to the Hugh Hewitt program, the France-a-thon kind of continues here. We're going to take you for uh, five consecutive hours here. we got two more to go. I really appreciate you joining us. I got so lost in my uh, uh, my conversation uh, with our last caller on the Hugh Hewitt program. I said I'll be right back after this. Little did I know that uh, that only meant in Cleveland. I didn't realize it was our last segment. Um, uh, so we do continue here in Cleveland, but the rest of the country, well, uh, not so much. Uh, thank you again for joining us. We have a lot of uh, important things to talk about today, and for us, good good news for us rather. We have a lot of opportunities to do it. Uh, we are going to be guest-free today, unless I get a surprise call from our friend Peter Kersenow. Peter, of course, uh, is our regular Tuesday guest. Obviously, we had a special presentation of Christmas in America from our friends at the Public Square on Tuesday. Uh, not a live show. So uh, we are trying to uh, see if we can get Peter on the program today uh, in place of that. But uh, he, has also, he has also been out of town traveling also on Christmas. So not certain if we're going to be able to hook up with him today or not. If he gives me that surprise call, well, it's like a bonus Christmas present for all of us. Other than that, <coughs> excuse me, other than that, uh, we are just together at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. You can also tweet to me or Facebook comment to me at Radio Done Right or France Radio. Radio Done Right, all one word, France Radio, all one word, F-R-A-N-T-Z, radio. So uh, we have a lot of opportunities to talk with one another today about government shutdowns, about uh, negotiations, about uh, giving, bending, breaking on walls, some of the things I talked about early on the Hugh Hewitt program this morning. But we are also going to talk about President Trump. Yesterday, American liberals were going crazy 
criticizing Donald Trump for being the first president since 2002, before we went into Iraq, to not visit the troops at Christmas time in Iraq. They were ridiculing him. They were shaming him. They were uh, criticizing him. They were claiming he doesn't care about the military, doesn't care about their sacrifice. They ripped him up one side and down the other. And then they found out he and the First Lady were in Iraq. Because that's the way it is when you're an American liberal. That's the way it is when you're a Democrat elected official. That's the way it is when you're a member of the progressive media. You shoot first and then you aim. The president took his trip in secrecy, in privacy, leaving late Tuesday night and arriving uh, overnight to greet those troops yesterday, Wednesday morning, the 26th, and surprising everyone, except, of course, for the advanced teams that have to make such things possible. They kept it completely quiet and away from the media so that the media could do exactly what they did, trip all over themselves to criticize Donald Trump, claiming he was the only president since we went to Iraq in 2003 to not visit the troops at Christmas time. Yeah, the president went. And the president expressed the gratitude that we all have for their sacrifice and their service. We came to Al-Assad to share our eternal gratitude for everything you do to keep America safe, strong, and free. Though you are thousands of miles away from your home and your loved ones, I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. I also know that speaking for your families, they are missing you and they love you. And you know, they're every bit a part of your success. They make it possible. So they're very special to us, all of the families. It's because of your sacrifice that America's families can celebrate in safety and in peace. And we're doing great back at home. We are indeed. And, uh, and that message, of course, was, uh, was an extraordinarily important one to send. So happy and proud of the president for going out there and just so elated at watching the liberals embarrass themselves, especially when conservative i.e. fair-minded people, called them out on it. People like Britt Hume, who took liberal uh, commentator Soledad O'Brien and just slam-dunked on her, honestly, like, uh, uh, I don't know, who's your favorite dunker? Like uh, like Michael Jordan would have on, uh, on an unsuspecting New York Nick. <laughs> I, I mean, hilarious. Soledad O'Brien tweeted yesterday, looks like the shaming worked meaning shaming Donald Trump into uh, uh, you know, going, in, going to Iraq was their doing, that they criticized him and sent him to Iraq. And it took Britt Hume to tweet this gem, which immediately went viral and got thousands and thousands of likes and shares. Uh, Britt Hume, yes, ma'am. Trump read his, this tweet when it was posted and time-traveled him back, himself back to yesterday and flew to Iraq. Genius take. And this is just so funny. Uh, Alyssa Milano, too. Trump becomes the first president since 2002 not to visit troops at Christmas time. Meanwhile, by the time, Brit Hume pointed out, by the time that tweet was posted, the president and Mrs. Trump were literally in Iraq with the troops. Montel Williams, liberal, quote-unquote, pseudo-celebrity. Montel Williams tweeted uh, last night, instead of visiting the troops, at real Donald Trump has crashed the stock market, 
gone to war with Jim Mattis, delivered a nice Christmas gift to Vlad, and presided over an immigration policy that has killed two kids in a week. Well, gee, how many things can you say wrong in a single tweet? Number one, the stock market had its largest gain in history. The Dow Jones Industrial Average yesterday rose over 1,000 points in a single day. The first time that has ever happened. Yes, I know the market has been volatile this month. Yes, I know it is still on pace to be the lowest, uh, the worst December since 1931. But you don't have 1,000 point gains when the stock market is crashing. There are highs, lows, peaks, valleys, roller coasters sometimes, and that's exactly what this is. Stock market has not crashed. Yesterday was a massive rebound. And I think in large part due to the president. Uh, essentially publicly dressing down the Fed about raising interest rates, letting the uh, American people know that he will do what he has to. If he has to replace the Fed chairman, he will, to make sure that they don't do anything to uh, weaken what is a very strong economy and to make sure that the market uh, does not <coughs> excuse me, remain as volatile as it certainly is. Number two, going to war with Jim Mattis. Jim Mattis is the defense secretary. President Trump is the commander-in-chief. It's not going to war. I agree with Mattis, but Trump trumps Mattis because commander-in-chief trumps defense secretary. It's not going to war. It is simply policy disagreement. The president wins. That's the way it's going to be. Don't like it, personally, but there's no war here. James Mattis is on his way out. He will leave on January 1st, and the president has uh, Patrick Shanahan ready to take his place until he finds a new permanent defense secretary. But there is, there is not a war. There is not some sort of a battle for or struggle for power going on in the White House. That is simply not true. Number three from Williams. Delivered a nice Christmas gift to Vlad in the form of Syria. Once again, I disagree with the president's call on Syria, but the idea that President Trump is in some way, shape, or form trying to assist Vladimir Putin in Russia is just about the most nonsensible thing that, that people are saying about him these days. Do you know how angry Putin was that he did not get his sit-down with Trump at the G20? Do you know how much the president has done to actually enrage and tick off Russia? If he's Vladimir Putin's puppet, he has a very, very strange way of showing it. No, the president is doing nothing for Vladimir Putin. Number three, preside, or four, rather, presided over an immigration policy that has killed two kids in a week. It's the immigration policy, says the American left. It's the immigration policy, says the progressives, that has killed two kids in a week. Not the parents of these kids from Guatemala who are dragging them a thousand miles northward through uh, Mexico and then hundreds of miles of more, uh, miles more once they cross the American border illegally through American deserts, dehydrating and malnourishing them to the point where their immune systems are compromised. Not their parents. It's the immigration policy that has killed two kids in a week. Let me tell you what killed two kids in a week if it is the immigration policy. It's the left's immigration policy, because what is that? Think about this. What is the immigration policy of the modern American Democrat? Open borders. No wall. Let them come. And what does that policy do to these people in these Central American countries? 
it encourages them to come to make that very arduous trek, that journey, that dangerous trip. It urges them to come. And then the kids die, and they want to blame the policy of the president? Let me tell you what immigration policy would stop these kids from being killed, as you say, Montel. A great big giant border wall that these parents and their their kids are not climbing. Especially when they use those vertical steel slats with the points at the top. Try climbing over one of those, and we're going to see a a a return of Vlad the Impaler. Nobody's going to want to be impaled on the top of our very, very secure structure, our border fence slash wall, when we do it right. A border wall would deter these people from ever leaving Guatemala Guatemala, and, and then trying to come through Mexico to try to do this. Well, yes, let's blame the president. Let's blame the Republicans' immigration policy. The only immigration policy that is killing these kids is the one that says, yeah, we love you, come on in. We support you. Come on in. Make the journey. We'll let you in. And who is expressing that policy? The American Democrat Party. So, so much ground to cover today. A lot of news on the president to talk about. A lot. We're going to talk about the president's Syria decision, as I kind of started with. We're going to talk about the wall. We're going to talk about the shutdown. And we're going to talk about who blinks first. This is day six. And I can easily see this becoming day 16. And then day 26. And I don't know when it's going to end. Because the president doesn't look like he is going to blink, thankfully. And Chuck Schumer doesn't look like he's going to blink either, regretfully. We'll talk about that with you coming up. 216-901-0945, This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed. 923, the Bob France Authority continues. Uh, we invite you to join us at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I'll go to the phones in a second. Let me ask you the question. As we sit here staring at the government shutdown in day six, and as we listen to the President of the United States declare that we must have a border wall. We must have a border wall because we must have border security. And we must have border security because border security, correctly, is national security. As we listen to the president doubling and tripling down on this, and then we listen to Chuck Schumer, Senate Minority Leader, declaring that the president will never get his wall He'll never get his wall. Saying the president can throw all the temper tantrums, rather, that he wants, but he's never getting his wall. That's how they're characterizing it. I don't see either side blinking. I don't see either side in two days or three days as the uh, shutdown continues for 25% of the government. Remember, Remember that, too, by the way. It is important. It's only 25% of the government, but it's not only to the 400 or so thousand individuals who are working for the government who aren't going to get paid until later. Again, we should always point out their money is going to come later, but it's going to be very hard for them in the short term. Um, It is 25% of the government, 
I don't think in two or three days or four days or five days or ten days, I can see Chuck Schumer giving President Trump a nickel for that wall. He's never going to go back and say, okay, let's talk to the House. Here's what. You guys wanted 5.7. We'll give him $3 billion. We wanted 1.3. You wanted what 5.7. We'll do 3. He'll never come. I don't think he'll give him a nickel. Because if he gives them a nickel for the border wall, it kills the Democrats in 2020 with their base. Because they are just as adamant about this not happening as President Trump is about it happening. I don't think he is ever going to give a nickel. He'll hold on his $1.3 billion that was in the original spending bill, and that did not include money for a wall. That $1.3 could not be used as such. So given this stare-down... Given the the anger, given the vitriol, given the uh, you know strong uh, um, stances being taken by both, I don't know if anybody's going to blink. So when it does happen, eventually this thing will end. It may not be for months. Who gives in? Your opinion. Who will blink first? Democrats trying to rally their base, or President Trump? trying to, once again, strengthen his. Jim in West Park, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Jim. Merry Christmas. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, why not? Um, hey, I think that, uh, um, I don't think either of them will blink to answer your question, but I think that McConnell will pull out the, the magic sword if it, if it prolongs. Okay? And what, and what What makes you think that, Jim? Because I want him to. And I think a lot of people have put President Trump publicly said, you got to do this, Mitch. And McConnell is adamant, saying, no, we they, cannot do that. They don't want to use the magic sword because once the Democrats regain power, they're going to use it on them. So they don't want to go back but, to but, that. But, 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 but Jim, but I get it, but, but I just think that's highly illogical because the Democrats are going to do it anyway. Well, it's really more of a matter... You know, once they take the Senate back, they're going to use the nuclear option. They're going to trigger uh, the um, uh, 51 vote simple majority once they take the Senate back by a small margin. I think they're going to do it to us whether we do it to them right now or not. That's why we might as well just go ahead and get the cat out of the bag. You know, get it going. It's just a guess. But the reason yeah. I called, mm-hmm. um, do you, have you looked at Operation Gladio by Paul Williams? I don't think I have, no. Okay, well, it goes into uh, this Turkey situation uh, in a, a bu- all throughout the book. And the bad guy is not Erdogan. It's this, I don't even know how to say his word, Fethullah Gulen, G-U-L-E-N, and there's two dots above the U. Okay. Fethullah Gulen, he's the bad guy, and he's been in the country training these um, jihadists, and the uh, the Edouan wanted to get him extradited. So that might have been the deal. If you get this guy into my hands, I'll take care of uh, the rest. The, uh, pick up the pick up the slack, and I won't go after the Kurds. I'll get him back to in between the Tigris and Euphrates River up in uh, up in Iraq where they belong. 
But I think that's what's going I, on. I, I'll tell you what, Jim. Um, if if that's what the president was told, and if that's what the president believes, then we've got a problem here. Because if you believe anything that Erdogan says, uh, not you personally, but if anybody believes anything that Erdogan says, um, we've we've got a major issue here. This man is not our friend. He is not our ally. He is a modern day jihadi who is trying to enact and bring about a new and establish a new Islamic caliphate at which he will sit at the head. He is he wants to be the caliph who is running it. He is not there to look out for the Kurds. He's not there to try to finish off ISIS. He's not there to support America or NATO interests. He is not a good guy. Erdogan, Erdogan is out for himself and his belief. This is what I talked at length yesterday with uh, Claire uh, Lopez about. He is all about establishing that caliphate. He is ruthless, and he is not somebody that the president can trust. And I may have to play part of that. I played um, the interview I did yesterday live with Claire Lopez. I replayed part of that on the Hugh Hewitt program this morning because I wanted the national audience to hear her expert analysis of this. I may have to replay part of it here as well for those who missed it. But Claire Lopez laid it all out yesterday. And uh, and and no, Turkey is a major, major um, enemy in this situation, not an ally. He is an ally. In fact, that's the book that she talked about that she and some of her uh, colleagues at, uh, uh, at uh, the Center for Security Policy wrote called Ally No More, uh, outlining, the, uh, outlining the, the real problems with Erdogan. Uh, Jim, thanks for the call. We'll get right back to the border conversation as well. I want to know from you, when this government shutdown ends, whether it's tomorrow or in a month or in a year, and I know it's crazy to think like that, but when it ends eventually, who's going to blink first? Is the president going to cave in on his wall, or is Schumer going to cave in to his, on his base and give the president that funding? Let me hear your thoughts. 216-901-0945, right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It's day six of the partial government shutdown, with nine of 15 cabinet-level departments and dozens of agencies still unfunded. The House and Senate will meet in pro forma sessions today, but so far no votes are scheduled, and there's no sign of a deal in the works to end the impasse over border wall funding. President Trump tweeted this morning, Have Democrats finally realized that we desperately need border security and a wall on the southern border? And do the Dems realize that most of the people not getting paid are Democrats? The last part of that is something we'll address in a minute, but what about the first part? Do the Democrats understand the need for border security? Yes, Mr. President. <clears throat> they do. Most of them. There is a segment of them that believe in open borders. The Hillary Clinton crowd, you know, Hillary Clinton publicly announcing uh, uh, two years ago that she believes in an open borders western hemisphere. There are a significant number of Democrats who don't believe in border walls or borders at all. We should be borderless. People should be able to come and go as they please. We have no right to this land or any other land. Uh, you know, it's all, it's all for the, for the taking. But the majority of Democrats understand it as well as we do. They just don't care because it's Donald Trump. How do we know this? Because Democrats voted as recently as 2013 for massive border infrastructure to limit and minimize illegal immigration. Remember, Barack Obama himself talked about how we have to get 
um, uh, uh, we have to get uh, legal immigration under control. We can't sit there and just allow them to come in here uh, whenever they want to, especially criminal aliens. We have to get it under control. Bill Clinton said the same thing, and and tons of Democratic legislators agreed. In 2006, when George Bush was president, a ton of Democrat uh, um, legislators also decided to fund the building of some 700 miles of border fence. Now, it didn't all get built, and I don't know where all that money went. But they voted for it, so yes, they understand the need for it. But their hatred for Donald Trump, their desire slash need, it's a physical need, it's an addiction for them. To get Donald Trump out of office trumps their national security beliefs, their border security beliefs. They absolutely do not believe that it's better to block illegal immigrants from coming in, keeping Americans safe from the drugs, the drug runners, the cartels, the the rapists, the terrorists, criminals who are coming in. They, they do not believe it's better to block them and hand Trump a huge victory than it is to allow everybody in, put Americans in danger, put legal residents and legal visitors to this country in danger, and give Trump a great big loss. That's better for them. But we know that they understand it. When the president asked that this morning on Twitter... He said, do the Dems finally understand the need for border security? Yes, they do, Mr. President. They always have. Listen to them. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. All so true. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards. Racist. By deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before. Racist. You don't like proud people. down on illegal hiring by barring welfare Cruel. benefits to illegal aliens. Horrible. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more. What? To speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace, as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. Making America white again. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. Even as we are a nation of immigrants, we're also a nation of laws. What? Undocumented workers broke our immigration laws. So? And I believe that they must be held accountable. Since when? Especially those who may be dangerous. Not fair. When I took office, I committed to fixing this broken immigration system. Because you're racist. And I began by doing what I could to secure our borders. Against other people. today, our immigration system is broken. And everybody knows it. There are actions I have the legal authority to take as president. Tonight, I'm announcing those actions. We'll build on our progress at the border with additional resources for our law enforcement personnel so that they can stem the flow of illegal crossings and speed the return of those who do cross over. Speed the return. That that means deport. Deportations. And I thought only Trump did that because he and his evil ICE agents are all racist. If you're a criminal, you'll be deported. If you plan to enter the U.S. illegally, your chances of getting caught and sent back just went up. We expect people who live in this country to play by the rules. We expect that those who cut the line will not be unfairly rewarded. 
The actions I'm taking are not only lawful, they're the kinds of actions taken by every single Republican president and every single Democratic president for the past half century. So in other words, yes, Mr. President, President Trump, that is. Democrats realize the need for it, but they would rather sacrifice the lives and the safety and the security of innocent Americans and legal residents in order to hurt you. That's it. This is all about politics and trying to take down Donald Trump. Rick is calling us from Garfield Heights. First time caller on the program. Rick, good to have you aboard, sir. How are you? Thank you, Bob. I enjoy your show. I'm at, I actually live on the border in Harlingen, Texas. I'm just up here on a temporary assignment. So. Oh, okay. Uh, Understood. Thank you. <laughs> so I have a different perspective on this than, than most of you. you I bet you do. To, to, uh, to get the, the border wall, real simple. We make the Democrats live live what they preach. We go in, we take the barricades out from around the Capitol building. They don't want ICE. We'll take the Capitol Police out of the Capitol, and we'll put up a couple of drones to, to protect them. That's all they think we need <laughs> on the border. The, they let them let them live what they preach. I absolutely you know, love that idea. Wouldn't would, wouldn't you love to see that? I feel really strongly about it because we're building we're building schools for illegal immigrants in the in the Rio Grande Valley, and you know the, the federal uh, courts are saying that we have to cough up the money for these schools. And I don't know where this money is coming from. It's you know we're we're slowly changing from a conservative state to a liberal state only because of the influx of, of these immigrants. Well, not just them, but, the, but, but not just them, but also the influx of California liberals who are fleeing the high taxes in their state, and they're coming to Texas and trying to turn Texas well, into California. Well, yeah, we 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 get them from all over. We get a lot of them from Illinois too, because they're they're backed up. So, you know, like I say, I I I, uh, I live for the day that I can retire and I can be a reverse winter Texas instead of uh, going down to, to Texas in the winter time. I'll come up to. Ohio, Ohio in the summertime. I like it. Uh, hey, Rick, let me ask you, what do you got, a ranch down there? beautiful state. I'm sorry? Do, do, do you have a ranch down there? No. You, anybody with a ranch down there has lost their, their cotton picking mine. Um, yeah, well, I know. That's the reason I asked. When I went to Washington, D.C. in September uh, as a part of uh, uh, the FAIR event, Federation for American Immigration Reform, I talked to a lot of Texas and Arizona, I think even one New Mexico rancher down there. They have ranches on the border, and they could not tell me enough how their property has been overrun by illegals as they cross up and they leave their incredibly destructive waste behind the damage they've done to their livestock and other things down there it's a horrible situation i wanted to know if you had encountered that too so i'll give you a good example of it yeah i've I've been hunting in texas since 1976 uh in the old days you know we our leases uh were year round uh we'd take our trailers or whatever we'd a lot of people would just uh build small hunting cabins out there and we'd leave the doors open because we knew, you know, migrants were coming through. And, uh, you know, we'd leave whatever canned goods and stuff were in the cabinet. They would help themselves to it. And they would literally leave your camp cleaner than when you left it. But not today. Uh, what they do, what the destruction that they do to the to the hunting camps and, and stuff is just, it, it's, it, it's horrible. 
Uh, and even and even to the the fresh water I, supply down there in a lot of those places. Yes, sir. And I know a lot of ranchers. Uh, in the old days, it used to be that uh, the cattle were your cash crop. The hunters were would pay your your taxes, and then that kind of. And now hunting is a cash crop, but we have so many people getting shot at sitting in deer blinds from these, you know, gangs coming through the ranches that it's hard to leave some of these ranches anymore. So these, wow. these guys are lose, literally losing their cash crop. So people up here, I, I, you know, it, it's unfortunate that they don't, you just don't, uh, you know, you, you just don't get the, the real picture up here. And I have a and I have a question for you. Sure. I come from South Texas, uh, so I understand that that Spanish would be our second language down there. But up here, I guess the you have a lot of Russian and Slavic and a lot of Jewish that we don't have down there. Right. But why is it that I can't find any of that on television or even radio? But I could still find eight Spanish <laughs> television stations in Cleveland, Ohio. There's something wrong with this picture, and uh, uh, well, know, I'm glad. I'm glad, Rick, that you point. We talk you, about we talk about illegal immigration, but basically, it, it's the illegal immigration from Mexico and Central America, and burying our heads in the sand for the last fifty years has not solved the problem. It's only made it worse. It's made their dependence on us even even more. Well, it's it's beyond it's beyond just their dependence, my friend. It's uh, you know to to answer your question, and and I, and I'm gonna let you loose here. Keep listening though, because I got some other things to say to you. And thank you so much for your phone call. Um, to the first part of your question about why it is you don't see you know uh, uh, you know Slovakian language television or 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 you know any of the other you know Eastern European uh, or even Western European you know German. Uh, uh, television stations and and radio and this and that and the other thing and it's always just you know spanish because it's uh, apparently officially the second language of this country and the reason is and this is what frustrates a lot of people when we hear you know i just played those clips of bill clinton and uh, barack obama (laughs) reminding everybody correctly that we are a nation of immigrants we're a nation of immigrants we always welcome immigrants and it's true we do but there is a difference that has frustrated a lot of people that the immigrants from that part of the world that we just described came here and learned English. That's what they wanted to do. They came here to be American. Sure, they're still proud of their heritage. Sure, they're still, you know, yeah, I'm Hungarian, or yes, I'm Russian, or yes, I'm Polish, or yes, I'm Slovenian, or whatever the case might be. But they came here to be American, and they learned English, because that's what they speak in America. Far too many of the immigrants who come into this country now, legally or illegally, they don't want to be American they want to bring their nation to us. They don't want to learn our language. They don't want to adopt our cultures. They don't want to follow our system. They don't want to follow our laws. That's why that migrant caravan out there, outside of Tijuana, flies Honduran flags instead of American flags. Don't you think they might endear themselves a lot more to Americans if they were waving American flags saying, we love you, we want to be like you, we want to be one of you, we want to adopt you, we would like you to adopt us. Instead, they want to bring their own language, they don't want to learn ours, and if we tell them to learn ours, we're racists. We're discriminatory. We're bigots. 
If we tell them, hey, you want to come here, learn English. We're not going to make things easy and, 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 and put everything up in Spanish for you. We're not going to have the, the, the ballots on our elections in Spanish. We're not going to have our ATMs push here for English, push here for Spanish. All these, we, we, they don't want to be part of it. If we try to make them do that, we are the bigots. They want to bring their countries to us and create their own countries within our borders. And that is the big difference between immigration in years past and immigration today. And in various parts of the world as well. There is a cultural problem there. Tom is calling us from uh, Parma Heights on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Tom. Go right ahead. You're on the air. How you doing, Bob? First-time caller, long-time fan. Welcome to the show. Thank you for calling. Thank you. My thought on the on the wall was this. What if he was to give up the seat? What if he went to Ruth uh, Ginsburg instead of letting her decompose on the bench until they can get who they want? Give them the judge they want for the money for the wall. Um. I, I would see that as nothing but full-on caving and capitulation, uh, blackmail almost. You can't have border security unless you give up your right to appoint a Supreme Court justice. Um, no, no. I mean, border security isn't something that should have to be negotiated for. National security—that'd be like—that'd be like saying, you know, uh, military funding. You you can't you can't outfit the troops with the latest in protective equipment unless you allow us to uh, you know to, to name your next uh, Supreme Court justice for you. No, that should be a given that our troops get what they need. It should be a given that our people have border security so that we don't have all kinds of dangerous things coming across it. I can't ever imagine uh, sacrificing something like that, uh, like a Supreme Court justice, in order just to get something that should be you know standard operating procedure. I just, I just kind of thought it was a, a compromise. By the way, I, I'm a, I would consider myself liberal, but not lefty. I okay. agree with ninety-five percent of everything you t- you talk about. I don't think, no matter who, and I'm assuming this is one of the big things you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't think Roe v. Wade is going away over a Supreme Court justice. I don't either. I don't either. I have my I have my wishes and my desires on that, but I don't either. I don't think the appointment of Brett Kavanaugh was going to uh, suddenly make you know, Roe v. Wade non-existent. I, I absolutely do not think that, and I think once Ginsburg is gone, I also don't think that's going to change. I don't think Justice John Roberts, the Chief Justice, um, would would side with the conservatives on that. I think he is truly, uh, you know, uh, a, a pro-choicer on that matter, no matter what he has said in the past. So no, I don't think that even one more justice, as you described with Peter Ginsburg. Um, who, by the way, I'm glad to announce she has been released from the hospital after having these cancerous growths removed. So good for her. I wish her nothing but health. But I also think she is not up to As the task. And yeah, she is, she's no longer up to the task of serving on that court. She should resign and try to live out her remaining years without the stress of that job and, uh, and allow the president to appoint someone. But no, I mean, short answer, that's a long answer to your short question, uh, my friend, is that no, I don't think it's going to change Roe v. Wade. What do you think of the, uh, just go off, off a little bit here. What do you think of the progressive border wall and the Tostitos border wall and all that? Corporate sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) I have never heard anyone suggest that before. And I love it. (laughs) 
but you know the problem is well you know i was going to say the problem is you you won't find any companies that want to be associated with it because they're going to be called bigots if you put they put their name on that just like you know tucker carlson's show is being boycotted by some 25 different sponsors that pulled their advertising because he talked about how uh, uh violent and dangerous and dirty you know tijuana is right now because all of all of the uh, uh caravan migrants there and why would we want to bring that to the united states advertisers wouldn't be want but there would be plenty who would there are plenty of you know, conservative-minded, national security-minded companies who would say, "Hell yes, I'll put an ad on the border wall. I put an ad on the sure. Fenway. I put an ad on the Green Monster at Fenway or at Wrigley or something. I'll put it on the border wall. What the heck? You know, they they might. I like the idea. That's very, very <laughs> interesting. Outside the box thinking. Tom, I got a jet. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate Bob, your call. I, I really appreciate you taking my call. You take my care. my pleasure. Thank you. God bless. Call back again sometime. I love first-time callers who become second-time callers. Uh, 9.53, back after this. Your business. One in three adults in America have prediabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mom. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, Exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Betty can't say that in reverse. 9.58, now the Bob France Authority continues. Let's squeeze in another call here before the top of the hour. Uh, remember, we are guest-free in hour number two as well. So play. once we get to the top of the hour, if you haven't been taken yet, do not hang up. We'll get to you quickly. Matthew, Medina Township, has thoughts on the wall. Hey, Matthew, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Thank you so much for taking this call. Yes, sir. About two years ago, I'm, I'm uh, 91 years old. I'm a World War II veteran. God bless you, sir. I about... About two years ago, I called my congressman and told him what I had in mind about this wall. We, Bob, we have the wall already. In, nine, in June of 1945, the Nazis surrendered. In, in August of 1945, the Japs surrendered. We have those two armies are still there 73 years later. My plan is to build a fence and electrify it across the whole damn country. Bring our troops home, have the generals figure out how many we need, and patrol that thing. And this is shoot first and ask question later. We've got to clean this up. These guys are pussyfooting down in Washington. We have about five people that you could count on in the whole darn Congress. The rest of them are a bunch of traitors, and they're only interested in their own backsides. And I'm telling you, I'm going to get on Chuck Schumer's back and Nancy Pelosi, too, right after the first of the year. I have their phone numbers, and they're going to hear from me, and they're only going to know who old Matt is 
before we're done with this. They are traitors to this country, Bob. And I think if the sooner the people in the United States wake up to the fact that this country's in, tra- in danger. Look at all of the diseases that would come in. Look at the bugs we got. I have bugs in my house that I never had, and I've been living in this house for 39 years. I'm killing them every day. I don't know where they came from. We never had them before. It's all this global crap. So uh, I appreciate your time. Merry Christmas to you. Merry uh, Christmas to you, sir. And keep up the good work, because we need more people like you. And God bless you and all of the people in your station. And God bless the people in the United States of America. Wow. God bless. Matthew, thank you. God bless. You know what we need more of is we need more people like you, World War II veterans who are still fighting for this country at the age of 91. That's what we need is people like you. Matthew, thank you, and God bless, sir. Hour number two is coming up next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.